welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Video to show before I speak this morning. <laughs> what makes you proud? I'll tell you what makes me proud this morning is when my four-year-old grandson came into our room with a card and a, a box of chocolates and he said granddad thank you for taking me to school <laughs> you know there, there are moments in our lives when you know just something God does something here you know and and, and that wasn't fair showing that just before <laughs> just before I I'm a bit of emotional today with leaving and going away and all sorts of things but you know Let's pray. Father, when we, when, we, when we see that type of video, Father, it just it focuses our minds on, on how much we need each other, how much we need families, how much we need relationship. And Lord, this morning, I pray that as I share this morning, I pray, Father, that that relationship with you that we can have Every one of us in this room today will, will just flow like a waterfall into the relationships we have with our families, with our wives, with our, our children, our fathers, with our grandfathers, whoever she may be this morning. We thank you. This is the day we're celebrating fathers, but Father, we celebrate the life that we have in you today. And we're so thankful to you, God, for what you've done. And you give us hearts that melt in Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. For us, for our share this morning, I don't know how far I'm going to get with this message this morning, but I'll get as far as I can. Um, as I said, it's, uh, it's quite an emotional message, and, and, and it's one of the hardest messages I think I've ever had to speak. Um, I've shared with a few people, I've just, for the five or six weeks I've known about speaking on Father's Day, I've struggled with it. I really have. I've struggled with speaking uh, uh, about fathers because it, it's sort of, it is such a huge subject. You know, what can you, what can you home in on? Uh, and I just felt from the very beginning that, that God, the Holy Spirit was saying, just home in on me. If you want to be a good father, home in on me. Just look to me. And uh, it's out of that that I'll be sharing. But just, I want to just give you an invitation this morning, um, that uh, Tom, who spoke last week here uh, regarding the mission trip to uh, to um, to Africa, mentioned uh, to me at the men's breakfast yesterday morning. He said, "I'm going to be taking the mission trip to Thailand in November, and uh, it's going to be a small, a short trip, but there's going to be a team of six. And he said, "Can you ask Grace Life Ellenbrook?" If anybody really feels led to join in with this trip, he said it's a safe area we're going to. It'd be brilliant for a first-time mission trip for somebody. They're looking for a team of six altogether. So if you're at all stirred in your heart to go along as part of that this November, it's going to cost approximately two thousand dollars to do the trip. But if you're interested, please uh, speak to Pastor Allison, and she will. If you have any interest at all in going in November, can you see her? 
And as I've said before here, you know, mission trip is the, uh, one of the most fantastic things to do. Uh, changed my life uh, on the very first mission trip I went on. But um, anyway, today's about fathers. And we're going to start in Luke 15. And I've been there before here at Grace Life. We've spoken about the, the, the eldest son and the, 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 the bitterness he had when, the, uh, the prodigal, when his prodigal brother came back, when the lost brother came back. And, um, but today I want to concentrate for a little while on the father. I want to read it through. Let's, let's look at, the, uh, at what happens with the father here as we go through these verses. I'm just going to read it through to you. Uh, Luke 15, verse 11, and it starts like this. He said, and, and he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his uh, father, Father, give me the portion of the goods. That... So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the, youngest, after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, wild living. But when he had spent all that he had, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. That's pigs. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. In verse 17, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants, and think about this now, he is now concentrating on father, on his father. He is this lost son is now thinking about dad. How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and to spare? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, I have called your son, Make me like one of us. And this is the part here that is so beautiful and descriptive about our Father God. Verse 20. And the, he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And, sorry. And the son said to him, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And before he could finish saying what he had thought and say to his dad when he came back, the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring that and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. You see, this, this parable, it's not even, a, it's not even a, a, a real story, as it were. It's not even a life story. It is a, a, a story Jesus told them to show them a picture of the love of the Father towards his children. And, this, and the Father in this parable uh, that Jesus told clearly illustrates God's love and compassion for you and his love and compassion for me. You know, he even allows rebellion. He even allowed the son to, to, to have his own way and to go his own way. You know, it's sometimes really hard to let go. Let go of somebody you love dearly. But sometimes when, 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 when somebody's tearing families apart, you have to consider letting go. But even in the, even in the letting go the father was always in our story here that Jesus told. He was always looking for the son to come back. 
Just as the son we read was away in a far land feeding the pigs and having nothing to eat, was thinking about the father. The father was thinking about the son and always wanting his son to come home. There's, 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 there's letting go and forgetting about it. But this isn't a story about that. This is a story about a father who let go, but in his heart, he never let go of that son who had walked away from the family and from the home. And when the prodigal son returned, as I said, the, the rehearsed words that he had gone through, what will I say? I'll say to dad this, I'll say to dad that. You know, he, he was ready to hear the worst from father. He was ready to hear the very worst that dad could say. You know, we've all been there, we've all done it. But father's focus was on the son and what a welcome he gave him. And from a long way off, I've always had this picture of dad on the roof. Uh, tend to have flat roofs like we had in Spain when we lived there. We, we had a flat, flat roofed area uh, and there's lots of flat roofs and terraces. I, I just got a picture of dad up on that terrace, perhaps every morning after his morning coffee or whatever, he'd be up on the roof and just like just looking to see if he can see his son coming in the distance back to the farm. It's got this beautiful picture of that. And this day, this day, after all of the years of waiting, this day he looked out and he saw a figure in the distance. And, and oh, what the excitement must have been in his heart to, to see the son returning home. The son that he thought was gone forever was coming back to him. And, and, and there was no, I, I told you so. I told you what would happen. You know, I knew you'd come back one day with your tail between your legs. I, 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 I knew it. You know, isn't that how we are? You know, I, I've, done, I've done stuff like that over the years, and we say things like that. But no, that wasn't what Father said. He just fell on his face and kissed him. He fell on his face, on his neck, as it said, and he just loved him, loved on his son, because the son who was lost has now been found. And what a beautiful picture of our God. You know, he, for everyone that comes to him, who comes to Jesus, there must be that, just that sense of, 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 of just excitement uh, that the lost has come back, that the, the thing that was lost has now been found. Welcome home, my precious son. These are my words. I can just imagine him saying, welcome home, precious son. It's so good to have you back. It's so good to have you back within the family there's no talk about the money that I gave you, the money that you've lost. And all that. He didn't break up the past. He looked to the future of what could, be, what could happen, that the family was there now complete all over again. And God was really speaking to me as I was preparing this word about how often we, 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 we want to we welcome back, but our minds are always going back to what they did. With our kids, and you know, and 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 we're we're in a real story like that. Wendy doesn't know I'm going to say anything about this, but I think some of you know we've had a problem in our with our family in the states, and um, our uh, our youngest grandson over there is 15 now, but he's he's been he's been in trouble for the last two or three years, and uh, and you know, and I I just see as I've been preparing, I see. Uh, I see Eli in. in 
I, I, I see my grandson in this. Uh, and to hear my son, our son say words, he's such a, a gentle giant, and, and yet to, to hear him say words like, you know, oh, I'll be glad when he's 18 because he can go. You know, that's not, that's not what my son would normally say, but, you know, that they are at the end of their tether. They have had three years of police knocking the door, uh, drugs situations going on that has, you know, really is sort of so, so uh, a, a picture of this prodigal son, you know, and this, uh, and, uh, and the, uh, and, uh, and young Eli has been just like totally, it's almost like he's, He's on a self-destruct mission to destroy the family. And it's so hard and so difficult to, to, for me and for us looking on from all of these miles away, not being able to sow into that situation firsthand. But I just felt so, so much you know, of the compassion that the, that the father had towards the son in our, in, in our parable here that we've read out of Luke 15. And when we prayed this morning at home before we came out, I just really felt led, led, led to pray that, that, that Matthew, our son and our daughter-in-law, Claire, that they would have the compassion for Eli, even though he's like self-destructing at the moment. You know, it's, it's been good the last couple of weeks, but it could change in the, in, in, in the flick of a switch. Uh, and, and to see a 15-year-old just destroying himself and destroying the family, you know, and it, it'll come to the stage one day when Matt and Claire may, may have to let him go, you know, but, but our prayer this morning at home was that he will never stop looking out for him to come back. And, and our God is like that. Even though we go, he's always waiting for us to return, always waiting for us to return, to come back and and, 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 and oftentimes we rehearse what we might say when we come back to him. He doesn't want to know about that. He just wants to say, us to say, I'm sorry. Uh, and I want to come back. And, and he just allows us to come back into that family situation. You know, our, our Father, our Heavenly Father's love this morning church is so unconditional. It is, it is so sacrificial towards us. And it shows me a picture of, us, of dads, how we ought to be with our, with our kids. Uh, uh, with our grandchildren, how, 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 how that sacrificial love that we have, even though we, we find difficulties in some of them. And we heard yesterday at the men's breakfast from Pastor Brett was saying, like, you know, that um, it's hard, it's difficult sometimes as, as being fathers to, 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 to draw the line on, 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 how, on how, how hard to be and how, how soft to be, as it were. Like, you know, how do we, how do we measure that? How do we do that? And this morning, I just want to encourage you that we can only do it with his help, with Father's help. You know, as we look to our Heavenly Father, he will show us how to be the fathers that he wants us to be and made us to be. You know, the, when I thought about uh, our Heavenly Father's love and compassion towards us, I thought of, the, of, of, of things like, um, like, like how dependable, how dependable our God is towards us. How unchanging he is towards us. You know, how consistent he is. Uh, the scripture that I used to always remember when I was a, a teenager in church at 14, across the front of the church, he said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. That's why we can entrust our lives to Jesus today, because he does not change. He remains consistent 
all the time. He never, never changes. His love never changes. His dependability is unchanging. He's consistent. He's caring. He's encouraging. And these are all traits of, of fatherhood and how, as fathers, we ought to be. Yeah, we want to kill them sometimes. We want to strangle our kids sometimes. But God says, no, 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 no. No, just look to me. Let my Holy Spirit teach you how to look after these kids. Let let my Holy Spirit lead you in leading them on into where I would have you take them. You know, it it can be a minefield being a a dad in this modern world today. You know, things have changed so much since my childhood. And I look upon my grandkids now and my little four-year-old grandson who's a whiz kid on his iPad he does things on that I don't even, wouldn't even know how to start to do, you know. And, uh, and I suppose a lot of us as an older generation, we, you know, we, we never grew up with computers. But, you know, the kids there, they, at age of two, three, and four now, they're on the, on the machines and playing around doing things we couldn't do. Things have changed. And, and, and generationally, with the generation gap, uh, uh, it is hard to, to keep that contact with our kids, with our, with our grandkids, with our young people. So hard as fathers and grandfathers to try and just keep that contact there. And and it came up this morning about time. It came up in that video we watched just before I got up here about time. We need to spend time with our kids. Give them the best of our time. Uh, just the best of what we have, not the, 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 the fragments, the leftover parts of our time, but wherever we can, give them the best of our time. But the modern world doesn't allow for that. We've got people flying in and flying out and going here and going there, and families are fragmented, and, and the way that the, the world is at the moment, it is so difficult to hold that family together. You know, and I really believe after going through this whole word that there is only one way that, that, that it can be done, and that is to, is to just trust God in it. Trust God with your kids. Trust God with your grandchildren. Trust God with your, your families. It's really so important. I had a, a prime example of this, of this gap. Uh, just this last week with Bailey, my 11-year-old granddaughter, um, I took her to school. Um, I think it was Monday morning or something. And uh, she had to be early. Uh, and... Um, uh, for that day, and uh, she she finds enough time to to play on her iPad for 35, 40 minutes in the morning before I take her to school, and it's always a last minute rush, and uh, she had to be at school for eight o'clock, and at five to eight, she still wasn't ready to leave the house, uh, and um, I, I, I sat in the car and drove her to school, and and I got her to school, and it was a one minute to go. I really raced, without breaking the speed limit, but I raced to school, got her there on time, and I said, you've got one minute to get to what you're doing. And she said, so? And I'm thinking, you know, there's me, a, a wreck. I've, I've like raced through the town, got her to school, and she, so? You know, God, give me strength to understand what to say, speechless. I, I, I fretted all the way back home. And I said to Wendy, I said, oh, I can't believe what she, you know, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, oh, what are you speaking on on Sunday, Andrew? Yes. Oh, God, help me. You know, and it is tough. It's hard because, like, I don't know. I couldn't, I can't even say that I wouldn't speak to my granddad like that because I never knew my granddad. And... Uh, 
you know, it's a, it's a privilege to, to know our grandparents, you know, uh, and for children. But I never had that pleasure of, uh, of knowing either of my mother uh, or father's uh, parents. But, you know, and, um, and relating to them is difficult. You know, it's, it's hard enough relating to sons and daughters. But when it's uh, the extended family, it's really quite hard. So what can, we, what can we do to be better fathers? I'm speaking to the guys here, but you can include mothers in if you want to. What can we do to be better at doing what God's called us to do? How can we respond to this? I was thinking about, you know, if there was a, a, a life manual that we could like download on the internet or something to show us how to be a good father. And then God said, no, no, it's all in here. This is your life manual. This is your dad's book. This shows you how to be a good father. It also shows you how to be a good mother. And it also shows you how to be good kids as well. It's all in, it's all in this book. You know, and um, John 3.16, you know, the Bible is the best life instructional manual for dads. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And these words jumped out of the page for God so loved he so loved you and he so loved me that he would give the most precious thing he had, his son, as a gift to us that we could have life and life everlasting. You know, we're called to love our kids, love our families. Love is the glue that holds families together. I'm not going to go there on the screen this morning, but just read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the chapter on love. That will tell you all about what love is. The greatest of all of the things is love. And as families, we need to hold on to that, that the greatest thing that we can have to lead our kids on is love. Matthew 7, 9 to 11. I just want to read this through. Matthew 7, 9 to 11, where are we? Or what man is there among you who, uh, who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? And 10, if, or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts for those who ask him? Therefore ask whatever you want uh, men to do to you, also do also to them, for this is the law. Uh, this is the law and the prophets. You know, good fathers give good gifts to their kids. You know, we, we we strive to give them the very best we can do. You know, I came from a very poor background, a very poor family. Um, I won't go into too much detail on that, but we didn't have a lot. You know, we, we had everything several years later than anybody else had things. Like, you know, we didn't have a TV till most of the people in the town had the TV and we never had things like that. But it's, it's not ever done me any harm 
It's not, not ever done me anything, anything wrong, but we, ne- we never had, uh, had things like that. But, but, my, but my parents gave good gifts to us, myself and my sister. They gave good gifts to us. And I can just, my memories, they take me back now. I can remember those amazing things that mom and dad gave to us as children. They, provi- they provided a way for us to do things that they never did. You know, uh, going abroad at the age of 14 to Austria uh, on a school trip, you know, uh, it's unheard of, you know, and, uh, and doing things like that. And my sister, she toured Germany. She played brass instruments in a brass band and, and she toured Germany with the school and things like that. They'd never ever left the country. They didn't have passports or anything like that. But they, they provided a way, even with their, their, their meager earnings and things, for us to do things they never did. Uh, and, and that's another trait of good fathers. That, that, that we would want to seek to do, give our kids something we never had, to lift them up to a higher place than we've ever been into. Remember our old pastor in the UK, Pastor Will, he would always say, like, you know, that, that I'm going I'm to lift my kids up to, to where I am, you know, and, and, and by doing that, they're going to push me to where God wants me to be. You know, just use that as, a, an, a, as an example this morning. Good fathers give good gifts to their children. Ephesians 6 Uh, Verse 4 says this, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You know, we're called here to not to provoke our kids to anger. You know, the the example we say, if we're angry people, it's, it's, it's take for granted that our kids probably will turn out to be angry people as well. Because that's all they've known. You know, yeah, we get angry sometimes, but, but you know, if we're, t- if we're constantly angry with the kids, it's not going to help them and develop them and move them forward. You know, it takes a, it takes a, a real, a real, um, it takes real effort and resolve to be a good father in, in this area of, of, of the way that we are, the way we speak, and, uh, and, and the way that we talk to them. So let's, let's, let's talk Good talk. Let's let's talk um, uh, uh, love it, love love language to our kids rather than you know shaking the finger at them or whatever. Yeah, sometimes we have to we have to um, reprimand our kids sometimes, but it's the way we reprimand them that's important. So just be aware of that this morning, dads, as you as you speak to your children like that. You know, speak to them with the, the language of love wherever you can. John fourteen uh, fifteen to eighteen. I'm going to read this out of John. It says this, If you love me, keep my commands. Sorry, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and will be, with, will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. God has given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Given us the Holy Spirit to be our guide in making the big decisions where our kids are concerned and our families are concerned. Let's look to Holy Spirit. Let's ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what would you do? What would you have me do? How can I... How can I work in this situation? What can I say that's going to bring that love message into my family, into the hearts 
of my children. He will help us. I, 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 after years and years of experience about and, and getting things wrong, yeah, so many times, so many times Holy Spirit has helped me come through situations that I was, didn't know what the answer would be, how I could, how I could get through. We, we, we always try and sort it ourselves before we turn to the Lord. I encourage you this morning, man, like, you know, when there's a situation in the family, let's learn how to ask Holy Spirit for help. Because the word says that he's with, when we come to him, Holy Spirit is, is within us. It's something that lives in our hearts, in our lives. We take him with us everywhere. But he wants us to be in communication with him, to speak to him, to ask him. Not to try and, try and get through ourselves and do it our own way, but say, how would you have me do this, God? How would you have me deal with the situation in my family? And... Um, I just want to share something with you at this stage with this, with this message that, that uh, I have a friend in America and uh, uh, I, I, I read a, a, a sort of um, a little podcasting and uh, listened to a podcast and read the sort of notes on the podcast he did about a year ago and it really spoke to my heart. He was talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And I really feel this is so important for us guys as, as men that, that we, we have an understanding of, of, of the ability we have that God has given us to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. Uh, and it's not going to be on the screen here, but Galatians 5.22, it says these words, For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And then he goes on, he went on to talk about how we walk in these in these gifts, these giftings. How do we produce these fruits in our lives? And he, he, he talked about like we're, we're body, soul, and spirit. He talked about like the, the, the soul, the flesh part of us, and the spirit part of us. And he says when, we, when we're operating in the spirit, the door to the flesh, the door to self is shut. And when we're operating in the flesh and self, the door to the spirit is shut. You know, it, it, it's like a sort of a, a, a valve that shuts off. So when we're looking to God, we're, we're, He is just like feeding us and growing us. And the door to, to our, our fleshly stuff is, is shut off. Alternatively, when we're, we're walking and living lives that are not godly, then the door of the Spirit is shut off. So it just is encouraging men and women to, 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 to really open that door of the Spirit so that those fruits would develop within us. Those, those, those gifts of patience and, 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 and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. This is all about fathering. This is all about being fathers. And he, he, he used this application. It's really wonderful. He says, he says it's, um, it's not difficult to get an apple tree to produce apples. He said you don't have to... Um, Pray for it. You don't have to um, fast. You don't have to play lots of worship mu music around the apple tree. You don't have to cast off or cast out the bananas that are growing on the apple tree. Because they don't, because it's the natural 
process of an apple tree is to produce apples. Same, you could say the same about a pear tree. This natural ability is to produce after itself. And he likens this to the, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, when God placed His Spirit within us, it should be the natural process for us to produce joy and peace and patience and love and all of those things. And so what he's encouraging here is like, don't, don't try and work at producing it. Don't try and make joy happen. Don't try and make this happen or that happen. But allow that natural God thing within us to flow out of us. Let, let it flow. Let it move in our life. Otherwise, it's artificial. No one wants artificial fruit. No one wants artificial peace. No one wants artificial joy. We want the real thing, church. We want the real thing. And that only comes as we just allow his spirit to work through us and, and work in our hearts and work in our, in our lives. When we're fully open, when we fully open our hearts to God, we will naturally bless our children and our families. It's God's nature and he wants it to be our nature too. Our nature to be loving, caring parents. I'm going to jump across because of time. Time is going so quickly to Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. I'm going to pretty much finish up in Ephesians today. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, and it says, Therefore be imitators of God as, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ has also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell. Scripture here is telling us to imitate the Father. Let's be imitators of, of him. How can I imitate God? You can by allowing his Holy Spirit to speak in you, let speak through you. Let's be imitators. Let's do, remember the, bat, the, the, the wristbands from years ago, what would Jesus do? You know, maybe we need to put them back on again and say, what would Jesus do in my family situation right now? How can I be a blessing to my children? Remember what Paul says to Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 1.13, it's not going to go on the screen, but... He tells Timothy to hold fast to the pattern of sound words that I've spoken to you. And he goes on to say to Timothy in, to, in 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, he says, And therefore, be, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ and the things that you have heard from me. Let's be sacrificial in our time that we're spending with those. You know, good fathers can be good fathers not only to our natural born children, we can be good fathers to the younger ones in the faith within our church. God is calling us, you know, to wear that, walk in that too. Ephesians 5.8 says these words, For you once, were once in darkness, but now you are light. 
in the Lord. Walk as children of light. We were once darkness, but now we are light. And he lives within us. Let's expose the darkness. Let's deal with the darkness. I honestly believe that it's never too late to become a better father. Never too late to become a better father. And whether we're good dads or not so good dads, I believe God gives us opportunity every single day to become a better dad, a better father. Since January this year, as I've been walking in the mornings, God's given me a series of, it's time. It's time to pick up stones for a season of planting is coming. It's time to live in, live a kingdom life rather than thinking about living a kingdom life. It's time to do that. That series of things that God said, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. And then one word I got few months back now uh, was it's time to redeem the time and and I've in my mind as I was walking I've I've seen this in the Bible somewhere and I found it Uh, it's in Ephesians 5 15 and 16 I just want to read that to you as the last scripture today it says see that you walk circumspectly carefully not as fools but as wise Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And I, I, I just looked at what, what this meant. Yeah, and, and this word time here is the word kairos. And there was a band in the UK, I remember, when I was a young, uh, a young person called kairos. That's where they obviously got the name from. Um, kairos actually describes the quality of time that we have. Not the quantity of time that we have, but the quality of time that we have. Kairos means quality. Uh, And my heart's desire is to have quality time with Jesus. Our heart's desire as parents have quality time with our children every day. You know, and it's not about long prayer sessions and everything. We talked about this four days of prayer. You know, it's important to pray as a, a community, as a group. That's wonderful. But, you know, it's not about... It's not about the the length of time we pray. It's about the quality of the time that we had. I can remember when I was in the hospital, we visiting Darren. You know, uh, I, I was I, I started to pray uh, for Darren in hospital, and and, and uh, I was like like just getting into full stream, and suddenly there was like two doctors behind me, wanting to do something with Darren. I, I was like cut short, uh, and when we came out of the hospital, when he said it doesn't matter about the length of time. It was the fact is that you were there. It was the quality of what was done at the time. It's not about the length of time. It's the quality of time. Let's, let's, let's realize that, you know, that, that let's give our, our kids quality where we can. Give them quality. Even today, we can start that journey uh, of regaining the relationships that maybe we've lost over the years. Pulling back that time, regaining. To redeem means to regain possession of something we've lost. And if we've lost a child, if we've lost something in our lives, let's, let's, where we can, where it's physically possible, let's, let's believe spiritually that we can redeem that time. Get that time back that we've lost. The time that the prodigal has been away and build the bridges to bring them back. 
Uh, and I know there are people here this morning that haven't had great fathers in their lives, struggled with growing up. You know, and there's going to be opportunity at the end of our service today that if you, if you want prayer for that, for God to just speak into your heart and deal with the issues of that, then please come forward at the end of the service and we'll pray for you this morning. You know, I, I'm so sorry you experienced that, but my experience was so totally different to that. I had a, I had a fabulous father. You know, I, he was such a very special man. And, and I thank God for him. You know, he's been gone now 20, 23 years. But I had a fantastic father. And, um, and what a special human being he was. He showed me, what he showed me has influenced my life so much. He exposed me to his life. If you've got that first picture, guys, to put on the screen, I don't know whether you can find it. That's the one. I'm the little one on the horse. That's my dad to the hat. Yeah, he exposed me to the job that he did, the work that he did. Even at, I don't know, probably was, do you like that curly hair? I haven't got any curly hair today. But, and the frilly pants, they're really good. I'm probably about a year old, something like that. But right from the start, dad gave me time. He showed me things. He showed me how to catch moles. You know, he's crazy. He, my dad was known as Frank the Mole Catcher. And he used to sell moleskins in the market for sixpence. And people would make moleskin coats out of them. But dad was a mole catcher. And his joke about catching moles was, you find a fresh molehill and you get yourself a nice big stone and you put it at the side of the molehill and you shake pepper on the top of it so it's covered in pepper. He said, when that mole comes up for air, he breathes in the fresh air, breathes in the pepper, sneezes... I won't go there. Kills himself on the stone. That, that was my father. He exposed me to stuff. And the rabbits were the same. You just put it near the burrow. Dad showed me how to live life. Even though he was blind, went blind and was deaf all of his life, he never let his disabilities stop him. He always had a target to reach, a target to go for. And that he sown into my life all the time. Could I have a second slide, guys? Those were uh, some of Dad's certificates. My dad was a champion. He was a prize winner. He used to plow with that horse. Straight furrows, even though his sight was gradually getting worse and worse and worse. And those are his prize certificates. I found those recently. That uh, kept them over the years. From 1936, some of those are. And his hedging prizes, his... Dry stone walling prizes, his plowing prizes are there. My dad was a champion. Even with his disabilities, he was a champion. And his, as I said, his determination to live and to do in spite of being held back by the physical things of life. He never let it stop him. As I end this message today, my prayer on this celebration of Father's Day is to encourage every single father here every single not yet a father who will become a father here hold fast to what God wants to do in your life never let go never lose sight of what God wants to do in your life hold on 
just like the father did for his prodigal lost son. He always, always was looking for his return. You know, we can take back the time that we've lost. I really believe that. The Bible talks about regaining the years the locust has eaten. If you've got stuff, the locust has eaten. You know, this morning, I, I'd, like to, I'd like the guy, if you'd allow me to do this, if the guys would stand, if you're a father or even not a father, if you want to stand on behalf of somebody, somebody stand on behalf of Darren this morning in hospital. If, you, if you'll stand and let me pray over you this morning, that would be wonderful. All the fathers, come on, don't be frightened, don't be shy. I'm not going to pick you out. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm just going to ask you to stand as I pray with you this morning. And if you know somebody who needs prayer this morning, another father, somebody stand on, on their behalf as well. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you this morning for the example that you give us in your word about how we are to be good fathers and better fathers. Father, forgive us where we've messed up, where we've gone wrong, where we've, where we've, we, we've just, just totally just lost it. Father, we want to redeem the time this morning. We want to take back that we've lost. And I pray, Father, for every guy standing here this morning, that, Father, that you would just show us all, Father, how that we can live life to be a better father. Father, we honor you. And, and, and I stand here honoring all of these guys who are standing this morning in this place. Father, we just want to say thank you for your love towards us. And may we show your love to everyone especially to our children. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.